football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Majuk. And I'm Kate Majuk. And we're married. To each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Ayo! Hey, welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk. It is week one, and we are going to get into week one fantasy rankings. How exciting is this? <laughs> if week one was a noise, what would it be? Would it be that one? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, basically Christmas Day. But like better. Yeah, but better. Like the gift is is in the fantasy, until, baby. Until all the players that you're hoping you do great, you know, suck in week one, and or then... unless they get injured, like literally every fantasy asset ever. Yeah, we already have massive injuries. Jonathan to... Taylor. I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to be the worst of it. Jonathan Taylor. Things we're looking up for Cooper Cup. Um, you know, there was, there was that one time when Travis Kelsey was supposed to be healthy. Now everything's literally just the whole first round of your fantasy drafts is on fire. Yeah. I mean, I really wish Travis Kelsey didn't wait until the Tuesday, the Tuesday, two days before his first game to get injured because, you know, this weekend I had drafts and I picked Travis Kelsey in the first round and everything. Whew. It's going to be a brutal week one, but we should no, I told you though. I told you. What did you tell me? I told you not to take Travis. So the whole the whole reason I said Travis Kelsey can't be your first round pick in anything was I said, I said, when I finally bit the Gronk bug, I cursed him. And I was like, don't do that to Travis Kelsey. I finally bit the Gronk in the first round bug. And, and that bug bit me back so hard, I was, like, bedridden for an entire fantasy season. Well, and I knew you were going to jinx him, and you did. Well, hopefully it's not the same thing for Kelsey. Hopefully. Anyway, yeah, spoiler alert for the tight end section, Travis Kelsey got injured. Yeah, Travis Kelsey had a hyperextension on his knee. We Ouch. don't really have much more than that. We're recording mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. It looks like it's very, very questionable for him to play in week one. It's unfortunate because he like literally plays on Thursday night. So hopefully we find more information out on Wednesday. And hopefully if he doesn't play in week one, he's good to go in week two and it'll be fine. I feel like Kelsey's one of those guys that can like push through those injuries. I, I don't think he's missed a game since his rookie season. Is, is that correct? <laughs> like know. You asked me a hard question. <laughs> But uh, we have a lot to get through today, so I feel like we need to jump right in because we are going to go through our quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end rankings and try to help you the best as possible to prepare for week one. So let's start with the quarterback position, right? Because there's there's some juicy matchups and there's some hard matchups as well. So right at the top of our rankings, we're pretty similar, right? We have both have Patrick Mahomes number one, however... 
with this Travis Kelsey news, would you move him down a couple spots? We'll we'll talk about that. After that, we both have Justin Herbert, too. Uh, We both have Jalen Hurts in our top five. I have Lamar Jackson, three. You have him, seven. It's not that big of a difference. I have Justin Fields, five. You have him at six. And now where our biggest difference starts is Joe Burrow because you have him ranked as your quarterback five this week. So week one, you're saying, I'm not worried about the calf injury. He is going to be good to go, and he's going to score a lot of points against the Cle- uh, against the Cleveland Browns. I'm not that confident. So tell me why you feel good about Joe Burrow this week. I, you know, this is kind of a hard one because this is projected to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. And the further I'm getting along, so we did these these like notes yesterday, and I updated my rankings yesterday, and. The closer we're getting to Sunday, the more hesitant I am about Joe Burrow at five. Now, here was sort of my my thought process, right? They're going to be visiting the Browns over under 47 and a half points, one of the highest over-unders of the week. Like, you know, people are projecting this to be a high-scoring game. But the more I'm going back and the more that I'm looking at the Browns' offense and my faith in the Browns' offense to put up points, it makes me a little bit nervous. Now, because you're saying you don't think the Browns will put up points. Yes. And I, I worry that, like, this is going to be a Bengals game maybe where they run a little bit more than I had projected in my initial rankings. Now, on the flip side, here's why I did rank Joe Burrow so high. Like, you know, for as much as the Browns might influence this this total, um, you know, their, their offense kind of poo – but the Bengals secondary lost a, a few key assets, uh, particularly for their starting safeties. They lost both of their starting safeties in 2022. That secondary is just kind of a, a question mark for me. And if there is some vulnerability there, like we don't know how this the secondary unit is going to shake out with these new members. If there are some liabilities there that, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson can, can get a couple of chunk plays that that lapse in the defense might benefit Joe Burrow if he has to play catch up. But this is a really tough one for me. And honestly, I might split the difference, Michelle, like the closer we get to Sunday and just move him down just a couple of ticks. Yeah, I have him at the quarterback 10 coming off the calf injury. Still not 100 percent. Mobility will be limited. And then you have Miles Garrett coming after him. And then also they signed Zadarius Smith. But then if you just look at Joe Burrow over the last three games against the Browns, they've kind of had his numbers, seven fantasy points, 13.5, 16.6. I feel like Joe Burrow games. against the AFC North just generally hasn't been as pretty as you want it to be. Yeah, I don't. I think this game is going to be pretty low scoring, which is shocker that they have a 47 and a half 40, over under. Yeah, like, I, I want to take, take the, the under. under there. Yeah, I would take the under. Uh, but uh, so like if you took if you drafted Joe Burrow, you drafted him in the fourth round. Unfortunately, you're just going to have to play him. I wasn't yes. super high in taking Joe Burrow in the first place that high. So I have him a little bit lower, especially considering the matchup and the injury. But one guy that we're both high on, it's Geno Smith. So I have him at quarterback seven. You have him at quarterback 10. But I just personally love this matchup. So Geno Smith last year finished as a quarterback five. And then week one, right off the bat, he gets such a good matchup with what his skill set is. So Smith led the league in downfield passing touchdowns last year. And the Rams just do not have the defense 
experienced enough or talented enough to like to be able to cover DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith the Jigba. Like I don't know how they're possibly going to pull this off. Their team is so young. Of the 25 current defenders rostered by the Rams right now, only five of them, five of the 25, have started 10-plus games in their NFL career. 16 of the 25 have fewer than two career starts. That means zero to one starts. 16 of the 25 defenders they have rostered. They lost so many starters last year that, like, we'll get into DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in our wide receiver rankings, but – because I love them, I got to love Geno Smith this week. Yeah, I don't think we're talking enough about what the Rams lost this offseason. Like, this is a Rams defense that is, like, I, I don't even know. I, I projected them as my uh, DST32 on the week. Uh, like, this is a really good offense. This is a quarterback who passed, um, you know, 32 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions last last year, like showed a propensity to scramble, which benefited him a lot for fantasy football. I think that's all going to continue. It's this offense isn't going to get worse, right? Like you, you add Jackson Smith and Jigba. Who, I think it could get worse this year, but it's not going to be worse in week one. Cause I'm not like, I don't know. I, I think like if you're projecting, overall regression for Geno Smith. I think that's fair, but also like you can't argue that this is one of the most talented offensive rosters, skill player, skill players. And then you got to worry about Geno Smith actually being good, which we'll see if it holds up. Like that's my only worry, but in week one, I'm not worried about that at all. And you talked about how many Ram starters they actually lost. So they lost eight defensive starters last year from last year. There's only 11 starters, so they lost 8 of 11. They lost Jalen Ramsey, cornerback Troy Hill, safety Taylor Rapp, safety Nick Scott. And then in the front seven, they lost lost linebacker Leonard Floyd, linebacker Bobby Wagner, defense attackers tackles Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson. They are so incredibly inexperienced that this game should just be a blowout. Two of their three starting cornerbacks – are heading into their their second NFL seasons. Two out of three. Like well, yeah. I'm I'm going to be testing them all day if I'm Geno Smith and I, like the skill players that he's playing with. Um even if Jackson Smith and Jigbo we've seen him catching passes, which is good following that wrist injury, but um I just don't think there's any way that especially against this defense we're going to see Geno Smith struggle. Yeah. Moving on to another guy we're high on this week. Both high on Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Oh, that's fun. Sam Howell. <laughs> we're both high on him. This should not be a shocker. We've been high on him all off season long, but we have him as our quarterback nine this week. Both of us. He's the consensus <sighs> quarterback 25 yeah. on the week, which is no. very disrespectful considering the matchup he has against the Cardinals. This is just another one where, we trust in Hall. We think he has a great big arm. He has a mobility. He put up 19.3 fantasy points in his one start last year against the Cowboys, who are in much harder defense than the Cardinals. That was good enough to be the quarterback seven in, in that week. It was week 18. Again, it, it, the Cardinals defense is a lot like the Rams, where they were already not good last year, and then they lost so many pieces this year because they're pretty much in full tank mode. But the Cardinals allowed the highest – completion percentage last year and the second most passing touchdowns 
I am incredibly high on Sam Howell this week. Like I have Dino Smith ranked right ahead of Sam Howell, so I'd go with him over. I'd go with Smith over Howell, but I like both this week. The only concern that I have, again, going back to like game script specifically for this game, is like what if this ends up being just a, a low scoring game all around? Um, you know, like I don't think anybody is expecting the Cardinals to actually score points outside of Jonathan Gannon, who's like screaming in the faces of his players, like, did you take the bus today? Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about whether or not they took the bus today because you're not going to score any any football points. Um, Gannon, John. Nobody probably knows what you're talking about. Um, oh, my God. It was like a great little speech. I mean, Whatever. He, he was very embarrassing. <laughs> the Cardinals coach embarrassed himself. It Hard was – it is uh, – Looking at the the over-unders for the games this week, this is the lowest projected scoring game. They're projected for 38 over-under. Washington has 38 of those points. (laughs) (laughs) 38-0. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And, like, hopefully this will be a situation where they do let Sam Howell air it out. I'm just, like, I'm cautious a little bit about – whether or not this is going to be a situation where they they just kind of try to run and control the clock and but I don't know but Sam Howell like the arm is insane the matchup should be delicious and like I do think there's a potential that he comes out scores three touchdowns in the first half and all to Jahan Dotson all to Jahan Dotson hopefully and then no two to Jahan Dotson one on the ground Okay. That's my wish list. That's fair. Uh, We have to move on because we have a lot to get through in this episode. But I love Sam Howell. We have three more quarterbacks to talk about here that I want to hit on. All three were low on compared Mm -hmm. to consensus. So we're low on Daniel Jones in week one. I have him at quarterback 19. You have him at quarterback 14. He's going against the Cowboys. You have been that. Yeah, you have been high on Daniel Jones this whole offseason, so you like him for the season. The reason why, uh, I, A, I'm just not that high on him for the season to begin with, but then also this is just such a hard matchup for him yes. to have to have that in week one against a really good defense. He was held to just 14.5 and 13.7 fantasy points in his two matchup against the Cowboys last year. And he even did that. So those are the points he scored. Again, 14 and 13. And he had 79 rushing yards in one of those games. That's so bad. Yeah. And just one of those games, he had 79 rushing yards. And he still didn't put up more than 14 points in either of the games, which is wild. The Cowboys allowed just uh, 17 plus fantasy points to five quarterbacks last season. And they even upgraded their secondary with Stephon Gilmore there now to yeah. like shore up the other side of Trayvon Diggs. I would much rather play Sam Hall or Geno Smith over Daniel Jones in week one. You agree? Same. And I, I do, like you said, I'm I'm generally pretty high on Daniel Jones for the season. But you know who I'm also high on is the Cowboys defense. I'm trying to draft them. Uh, I think I have them in almost every single one of my redraft leagues. This is going to be a good defense. They're going to be getting pressure all day. And, you know, I, I do think the addition of Stephon Gilmore only helps that, um, you know, it, covering downfield like this is going to be a a tough matchup and I don't know that you know like they upgraded with Darren Waller but I still don't think they have the personnel to match up with this defense like match up in the same zip code let alone the same stadium 
yeah, I a thousand percent agree. And then the last two here, Jordan Love and Anthony Richardson, we're both super low on. We're saying like pretty much do not start them. I have Richardson at 21. You have him at 22. You have Jordan Love at 21. I have him at 24. So unless you're in a two quarterback league, you're not considering them at all. I like people may be trapped into thinking the Bears are a good matchup for Jordan Love. But I don't think having to go on the road against a divisional rival in your second time starting in the NFL is a good situation for you. Also, the Bears like they made a couple of additions on defense. Like I don't, I don't think they're going to be as bad. They can't be much worse than they were in 2022 but I I do think they're they made some slight improvements but I think for both of these quarterbacks well I didn't say the other one yet oh Anthony Richardson Ah, and that one is just very simple I'm not starting him until I see him put up fantasy points show me something like show me what you can do and if you perform in week one uh, maybe I'll start you next week but there's no way I'm starting you in week one I'll say that watching Anthony Richardson play in the preseason like there were some really nice throws deep down the field um had a couple of nice runs but like generally not you know the decision making looks very much like a very inexperienced rookie like made a lot of of key mistakes and yes I understand that the the rushing upside is there but I also think that you know with where he is probably at developmentally um there's probably some potential for him to make enough mistakes that it's going to impact his fantasy production. I'd show me something. Absolutely. Moving on to the running backs. I'm going to try to this get. This is so fun. I'm going to try to get Kate moving along here so we don't have the longest show of all time. Oh. But uh, moving on to running backs, we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about here with these with these guys. So, again, towards the top, we're going to be pretty similar, right? We're not going to get crazy. We each have Christian McCaffrey in our top five. Nick Chubb. Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, and Saquon Barkley are sitting there at six and seven. Where you differ here is A, we're both super high on Joe Mixon, so I want to point that out. But you have Joe Mixon as your running back two on the week. I have Joe Mixon at eight, so we both really like him this week. But I want I want to know why you're so high on Joe Mixon, because you're basically saying like you need to start him in DFS this week. Yeah, I, I love Joe Mixon this week. I mean, last year we saw the Browns allow a crap ton of fantasy points to opposing running backs, almost 24 fantasy points per game. And guess what? Like Joe Mixon is the running back. They let Samaj P. Ryan walk this year, um, you know, signed Orlando Brown, who I, I think is going to be a huge difference maker, even if not just for his ability to run block, being that anchor on the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I mentioned if this Browns offense can't get going, you know, maybe Joe Mixon put some points on the board. Maybe they throw it around a little bit, but I do think it's going to slow down and they're going to control the clock with the run. And I think this is a perfect game script situation for Joe Mixon to rack up a ton of volume, which we know he's very good at doing. Yeah, I think they're going to really lean on Joe Mixon in week one here with Burrow coming off of his injury. I don't think they're going to have a, to pass a ton to succeed against the Bengals. So I do fully expect Mixon to get a full, a big workload. That's why I'm an eight. I don't expect him to be efficient. That's why it's eight, right? Maybe he sneaks into the end zone, but I think he gets a ton of touches. Uh, We both have Derrick Henry ranked high. I have him at six. You have him at eight. No surprise there. Both are saying play Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs. Now we get into some differences. So 
when we get into my running back 12, it's Alexander Madison. And I just want to say you're a little too low for my heart. You do have that <laughs> running back 17. I just wanted to point that out. You start Alexander Madison if you took him. But I, I do agree. You don't necessarily have to if you if you have, I, I think, really solid matchups. Now, no, you have to. Okay. You um, have to. But I mean, you're not going to find that kind of volume. But Tampa Bay, I don't know that they – like, did they lose enough in terms of – like, did their their personnel really change enough uh, in order to project a significant shift in their defense against the run? Because they were no, a top but I six think their defense. defense is going to be so tired when Baker Mayfield and company go three and out every five seconds. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I just, I'm not worried about. So maybe not, maybe not the most efficient play in the first half, but you'd smash the over in the second half. Oh yeah, once this defense is like. <laughs> tired where we really differ though this is one of our biggest differences on the week you have damian pierce at running back 11 i guess no shocker there with your love for damian pierce <laughs> i have him all the way down at running back 27 now let me explain first and then you can give your side so i then take your post on the couch i really like damian pierce for fantasy this season but I can't get on board with him in week one against the Ravens, at least not as a top 20 running back. I still have him at running back 27. I'm saying he can be a viable flex play if needed. But C.J. Stroud, quarterback of the Texans, has to start his first ever NFL game in Baltimore. It is – I just can't – It is a hostile environment. I can't envision that the Ravens defense that's experienced and they have an experienced coach and experienced defensive-minded coach – they're not going to let C.J. Stroud do anything. It's going to be a miserable, miserable game for the Texans. Like, I just cannot picture them moving the ball. I can't picture them doing much of anything. So that, that gives Damian Pierce so few snaps, probably no scoring opportunities. Like, I don't see them getting close to the end zone. And it could be a blowout by halftime, and they could steer away from the run game altogether like they did a lot last year. Now, a reason why I'm higher on Pierce this year is because I think he's going to be more involved as a receiver. Rex Burkhead is gone, and he's a running back that they use in the second half as a re- you know the reception guy in the backfield. Maybe Pierce gets that role. Maybe he comes through with receptions in this game, but I think his rushing stats are not going to be good. That's kind of what I'm banking on. The Texans are 10-point underdogs in this game. Um, biggest underdogs in the week, uh, in, in all of week one, like – this is going to be a team that needs to play catch-up, I think, a lot. I don't think Devin Singletary is a good enough receiver to push Damian Pierce for snaps, especially as uh, it seems like the Texans have sort of made that a point of emphasis through training camp, through the preseason. Um, I, I think the volume paired with potential that they're going to need to get him involved as a, a receiver is – what pushed him up the draft boards. But do I think the stat line will be efficient? Do I think the PFF rushing grade (laughs) is going to rank very well? No, but it's fantasy football. This is a volume. This is a volume game. Well, you do think they're going to try to get Damian Pierce involved early, right? Because there's no way they're going to lean on CJ Stroud to win this game against Baltimore. I hope to God not. So they're definitely going to try to establish a run. I think they're going to start – I, I, they're going to start with Damian Pierce early. I, you have like, to hope that the Texans win or the Texans get the ball first. So at least they get the first drive of not being behind because the first time the Ravens get the ball, they're probably scoring on this defense. 
Uh, but moving on with uh, a guy we are similar on. So we both have way, way higher than consensus. We're both super high on Khalil Herbert against the Packers this week. We both are super high on him compared to consensus and draft rankings. So it so makes weird. sense that we're high on him in week one, especially in this great matchup. But I have him at running back 10. You have him at running back 13. That's both over 20 spots higher than consensus. He is a must start for us. Uh, in three career starts, Herbert has averaged 16 fantasy points per game, including in one of his three starts, it was against the Packers. Wow. Back in week six, 2021, he put up 112 scrimmage yards and 19 fantasy points. The Packers rush defense allowed the fifth most yards per carry and ninth most fantasy points per the, per game to the running back position last year. David Montgomery, who was the starter for the Bears last season, scored over 15 fantasy points in both matchups against the Packers. Kyle Herbert's the starter in this offense. And then such a good run offense against a really bad run defense. At least they were last year. Maybe they'll improve. But he is a must start. He's absolutely a must start. And I think the consensus ranking for Khalil Herbert, I think, again, just comes down to uncertainty about the commitment to Khalil Herbert. And I think, like, this is week one. Obviously, there's plenty of time to go. Like, there's there's a lot of time uh, for for things to change in the narrative and in the depth chart for the Bears. But I think based on preseason usage, which is our best indicator right now of who's going to get those touches, those very valuable touches against this rushing defense in particular, for me it's Khalil Herbert, and, and I'm going to project with volume, baby. Yep, absolutely. And then another guy that I think was going to get a lot of volume in week one, or at least the team is going to try, and I think you agree because we both have him ranked similarly. It's Cam Akers against the Seahawks. So I have him ranked at running back 14. You have him at running back 16. But without Cooper Cup, this offense. What is, else is there? There's not a ton of <laughs> weapons in this offense. And we'll get into Tyler Higby in the tight end uh, segment. But 40 targets this game for Tyler Higby, yeah, all of them? I don't know. They're going to have to try to establish a run to stay in this game with the Seahawks. And they did give Cam Akers the keys to the Rams' backfield, and they did lean on him at the end of last season when they didn't have anything else, right? Matthew Stafford wasn't there, but still, I think they're going to have to lean on Akers in this game. He averaged 127 scrimmage yards and over 19 fantasy points per game over the last four seasons last year. No player had more scrimmage yards than Akers from weeks 15 through 18. The Seahawks allowed the fourth most fantasy points to the running back position last year. And again, like, I just think he's a necessity in this game. Like by virtue of nothing else other than like, who else? I, I don't know. Like you look at Matthew Stafford and all of these weird reports that he's having trouble connecting with the locker room and he's having to carry around a notebook to with like cheat sheet pictures to see like, whose name matches what picture because you can't remember who guys are. Like, that's not the kind of story you want to hear from your quarterback uh, when he needs to pass the ball. Like, it's just not I, – I don't think this passing game is going to be pretty, and I think to counteract that while they figure this stuff out, they are going to have to lean on the run. And, like, we've been historically low on Cam Akers, but, like, this is going to be, I, I think, a – suitable matchup that like I, I don't know that um you know the Seahawks necessarily got a ton better it, when it comes to like personnel in, in terms of covering the run and, and giving up some of these chunk plays matchup should be good and opportunity 
should be there if Sean McVay is is deviating elsewhere and succeeds with it, then he is the genius we all thought he was. <laughs> yeah. Another guy we're higher on than most people, Raheem Moster of the Dolphins. So we have him ranked much higher than other guys that were drafted a lot higher than Raheem Moster. Just you probably drafted a week ago and a lot of guys that you took over Raheem Moster. I would prefer prefer to play Moster this week against the Chargers. The Dolphins really don't have many options right it's like Tyree Kill Jalen Waddle and then what else like what else what's your next play after that it's either a pass to Hill a pass to Waddle or it has to be run right your third one and Raheem Mostert is like the only guy still healthy in this backfield yeah a, Jeff Wilson Jr. the the competition for touches you know higher up on the depth chart here the veteran uh, was placed on IR he's out for four weeks then you have Devin A. Chain who's still not cleared for contact um, you know, looking at Raheem Mostert, like, hey, first of all, this is a great matchup against the Chargers, uh, very susceptible to the run in 2022. Um, Mostert had just over or just under a, a 1,100 scrimmage yards, average 4.92 yards per carry, ranked top 20 among running backs. Like, he was fantastic. Um, 3.52 yards after contact per attempt, 21% missed force tackle rate landed him among the league's best running backs. Like he got a lot of, of efficiency, I think in part, thanks to the speed that this offense has the, the receivers. But, you know, we heard from Mike McDaniel this off season, they want to be able to run the ball. And, you know, I, I do think they like Raheem Moster. I like, he was super efficient last year. This is a great matchup. I think we got to go with the, the stats here. Yeah, Moster was solid last year, like you said, with all those stats. But even just looking at fantasy points, he had 11 games with 10 touches, averaged 13.3 fantasy points per game in those games. Five games of fifth with more than 15 touches, averaged 18 fantasy points per game in those. So, like, I could definitely see him getting at least 15 touches in this game. I mean, it's such a good matchup, like you brought up. And there's really not a whole else left in the backfield. But if him. he doesn't see 15 touches, it's because they've deviated from the run completely. Yeah. And that's that's totally possible, especially against the Chargers. Like, this could be a very high-scoring game. Maybe they don't need to run. run. But, like, run. but every team has to run a little. Yeah. Got to run a little. I, yeah. Uh, but talking about a team that's going to run. It's the Baltimore Ravens against the Texans who have been the worst run defense for a very long time in the NFL. And you have the Ravens starting running back JK Dobbins as the running back 27. Now I only have him at running back 15 and that could be too low, but the Texans have allowed by far the most fantasy points to running backs last year. And they allowed by far the most rushing yards per game. They allowed 170.2 rushing yards per game last year. The next closest was the Bears at 157. That is literally 23 more rushing yards per game than the next worst rushing defense. It was so bad. Now, they have tried to fix their defense, and they have you know a new defensive play car, a new head coach that's defensive-minded. So maybe it'll be fixed. But I expect this to be a blowout. And for it to be a blowout, that means that the Ravens have had to put up many points, and I just expect a lot of running. And J.K. Dobbins should have at least a touchdown, or maybe two, maybe three. Hopefully. So, like, I, like I feel good putting at running back 15, because I think that's kind of the medium here, right? Like, I don't, I don't see him having a bad game, but if he doesn't 
score touchdowns, then it's not going to be a fantastic game. So I kind of have him a safe spot there at running back 15. He has played just eight games over the last two seasons. Started off this season, this preseason with an injury on the pup list. Like, I can't understand, you know, buying into this guy having a significant workload. Like, I, I think that's the bet, right? Is that but does he because need it? Because he's been so efficient. He's been so efficient, but like it's against the he's averaged five point eight yards per attempt dating back to his rookie season, which ranks second among running backs in that span. But still, guess what? Just ten point three fantasy points per game average across his career. I'm not two high total in, finishes. You have to understand, I'm not high in J.K. Dobbins on the season. No, 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 no I know, but like matchup. this is how low his his ceiling has been. He's had just two total finishes. Ahead of RB10 in his entire career. Well, good thing I have him at RB15. That's fine. He has never finished inside the top five for a given week since he was drafted, which is insane to me. He doesn't see a lot of work as a receiver, which generally will lower your ceiling. Um, You know, like I, I think, you know, obviously his rushing floor is safe because of the offense he's in. I just, I'm my projections you know who game. put up 20 points against the texans last year in a single given week zach moss and he yeah. didn't have to face willie anderson who was a very good <laughs> oh, run defender okay uh, coming out of Alabama. like i i come on zach moss jamichael hasty put up 16 points Dion jackson put up 17 points kenneth gainwell put up 13 points like jarek mckinnon 34 points there, I mean, I could keep going, right? But it's a lot of great running backs who did it against them, so I don't have to bring them up. But good lord, good they like good to see Zach Moss in the company. Yeah, Zach Moss, twenty-one back. points, good for him. But I'm I just mean, saying you could go through his fantasy finishes uh, compared to J.K. Dobbins. Not going to be pretty. I just, I think this this defense is better than it was in 2022. Okay, again, a lot like the Buccaneers. Could though. you not picture Gus Edwards getting? A decent amount of work We're going to make a a drink bet in one second. But a lot like what I was talking about with with the Buccaneers. So I think their defense could be a little bit worse this year because Baker is going to get them exhausted by having to be on the field so much. Don't you think in this game the Texans' defense could become absolutely exhausted pretty fast, especially having to deal with Lamar Jackson and, like, every all their fast weapons and – it, like I feel like they're going to exhaust it, and you really think Will Anderson in week first start ever of his career, he's going to make that big of a difference? What I will, this is what I'm going to say right now: drink bet for next. And you always win these. You won. Them, so, <laughs> I always you win always these. Want, so maybe go with Kate here. It's Damian Pierce first, J.K. Dobbins week one. Oh, Damian Pierce. Well, Easy. obviously you got to go with him. My you have God. Him All right, so that's what we're putting down on the board: Damian Pierce versus J.K. Dobbins. I'm obviously Michelle on the J.K. Dobbins side. Kate is on the Damian Pierce side. We'll have fun with that one. And one last running back I want to touch on here before we jump into the wide receiver rankings. You are much more confident in Rashad White, Buccaneers, new starting running back, than I am. You have him at running back 21, so you're not super high on him. But I am dumb at running back 30. This is just my thing with the Buccaneers, I guess. It's like I don't feel comfortable starting any of these guys until I see what this offense looks like. I'm very worried. I love Baker Mayfield. I have lost all confidence in him and i just need to see what this offense looks like before i play these guys with any confidence rashad white again i have him at running back 30 that means i for me he could still be a flex play 
I just am very nervous about it. The Vikings aren't a bad matchup whatsoever, so you might be able to get something out of him. But again, we don't even know how Sean Tucker is going to be used. He apparently won the RB2 job. If he's active, let's see how many snaps he steals. There's a lot to play here with Rashad White. Yeah, we have no idea what he's going to look like. Was uber inefficient in his rookie season, 3.73 yards per attempt. Oof. Um, was not not good whatsoever. <laughs> Um, so like what I'm kind of projecting here, I, I'm projecting him as the RB one, um, Sean Tucker, I think they'll use as, as a change of pace back, but what I'm really banking on is that potential for some work as a receiver. Saw 58 targets last year, caught 50 of them. And that was largely being delegated to a backup role, like where he was seeing very minimal involvement as a rusher still saw a decent target share. And if this game does project as a blowout, like we've discussed, theoretically, I think he should be the beneficiary of some of those targets. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, and that's, the, that's, that's exactly the reason why I have him still running back 30, because I think he can get some of those targets. I think he'll he probably is... catch like, like six, six balls for like 23 <laughs> yeah. yards yeah. and he'll be the RB 21 on the week. Yeah, maybe. And I guess I'm not that far off. It's running back 30. I just, I don't have as much confidence. You're just sipping the haterade. All right. We got to, we got to move on to wide receivers. Uh, we have some, you know, just elite guys at the top. No shocker here. We're not going to get crazy. So we both have Tyree Kale, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase in our top three, or I guess you have. Tyree Kill down at seven. All right. A little bit lower than I have him, but still you have him towards the top. CeeDee Lamb, we both have him as our wide receiver four. Um, and then we start to get some differences here with you have Devontae Adams as your wide receiver five. I have him down at wide receiver 11. So I'm still saying you start Devontae Adams with confidence, but you feel really good that he's going to have a huge game against the Broncos with Jimmy Garoppolo week one. Yeah, I guess I, that you're starting Devontae Adams, so it doesn't really like, matter. Yeah, you're starting Devontae Adams. <laughs> so, like, I, you know, whether I have him ranked at five and you have him ranked yeah, 11, as it doesn't really matter. 11, it doesn't matter. He's a starting wide receiver. But I, like, Devontae Adams actually performed pretty well against the Broncos last year. Jimmy Garoppolo, we know he can produce receivers for fantasy. Like, he is the primary target. He's presumably healthy after suffering that injury earlier on in training camp. Um Seems like he's good to go. I'm start your studs, yeah. baby. And, and that's the same thing with Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Stefan Diggs, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave. Like, guys, you took this early. You're starting. I did want to hit on a couple guys that you did draft early and you know you're starting. It's, it's, um, first off, it's DK Metcalf for me. So I have him ranked wide receiver seven this week. You also have him pretty high at wide receiver 13. I, I mean, it just goes with the Rams defense, right? We said Geno Smith is going to have a fire start this week against this Rams defense. And it's just with how much the Rams defense gave up last year. And then they lost so many pieces. So they allowed 10 scrimmage touchdowns of 30 plus yards last year, tied for the second most in the NFL. While the Seahawks scored 12 touchdowns of 30 plus yards, third most in the NFL Metcalf has been a downfield threat his entire career. I think this is going to be a great game for him. And then same exact thing for Tyler Lockett. So 
This really matches our Geno Smith love. Tyler Lockett, I have ranked as wide receiver 14. You have ranked as wide receiver 16. This I would is not what- be surprised if I continue to bump him up in my rankings. Yeah. Literally, one like once per day, I'm going to bump him up just one <laughs> spot. And by the time we get to kickoff, it's going to be he's going to be like wide receiver nine. No, but for real, like if I have if I happen to roster both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, light them up. I'm plenty comfortable playing them both. But if I have either one, I am making sure they're in my lineup, which you took DK Metcalf early enough that he's going to be in your lineup for sure. But if you, Tyler Lockett wasn't going that early, so you may have other options. And Tyler Lockett is pretty much a must play this week. Another must play who yeah. we have ranked much earlier than consensus. I have John Dotson of the commanders ranked at wide receiver 15. You have him a little bit lower at wide receiver 20, but you still have him as a top 24 wide receiver. So you're saying definitely play him this week. Yeah, it's so much about the matchup, but also believing the player. So we've been calling for Jahan Dotson breakout this whole offseason, right? And then he just gets this perfection matchup right out of the gates. Cardinals were so pitiful last year, and now they're even worse. They have lost seven starters in free agency slash trades this offseason, including their top three pass rushers. So I have no idea who's going to put any pressure on Sam Howell. But we saw Dodson. It's at- probably not going to be so much a, a pressure as it is like a tickle or <laughs> like a, a giggle. I don't know. Like, it's not going to be much. Uh, we saw Dodson last year at the end of his rookie year. He just really end the season strong. He led the commanders in targets, receptions, and receiving yards over the final four weeks of the season. We have Terry McLaurin possibly missing this game. It seems like that's, there's a solid chance of him missing this game with turf toe. Even, even if he doesn't, yeah, like that's what I was going to say, even if he does play, he's going to probably not be super efficient. I really kind of want him to play. Like I think for Sam Howell and for Jahan Dotson, that helps the whole team. But like Jahan Dotson, I'm calling right now. He just has a massive, massive game. I wish I could rank him higher. I'm just not. Bold enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, like my ranking being a bit lower, I kind of mentioned this with Sam Howell just being slightly lower. The the concern that like if the commanders get way far ahead, maybe they start to run more and pull back from that pass attack a little bit. But Jahan Dotson, like regardless of circumstance, like he's got a great matchup, should be in line to lead the team in targets. Um, like an absolute fire start. Now, I do think the bigger question, if Terry McLaurin is active, are you comfortable starting him in week one? A hundred percent. Yeah. He's just a must start for me. Yeah. I think Terry McLaurin starting is better for Johan Dotson. No, no, no. Terry McLaurin, are you comfortable starting Terry McLaurin? Oh, 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 sorry. No, I'm not starting Terry McLaurin. I mean, I would if I needed to, but I would prefer not to good answer yeah (laughs) turf toe can really mess with you and it is an amazing matchup and i'm sure he can put up okay numbers even with turf toe it's just i don't really want to mess with that that's all and so it's not like i'm saying i wouldn't play him i just it's it's really risky that's a risky little game yeah let's talk about differences here for a second because we've been agreeing a lot ew i have mike williams it's my wide receiver 13 on the week 
You have him <laughs> all the way down at wide receiver 31. I know. He gets a play against the Dolphins. I need to know Ugh. why you hate Mike Williams this week. I don't hate Mike Williams, but like I, I project him to see Damian Howard, who I, I do think is one of the tougher cornerback matchups in the league. Like I, I could picture Xavier Howard um, being a, a little bit of a pain for Mike Williams. And this is going to be a, a team that are, you know, has plentiful weapons between Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, throw Quentin Johnston into the mix. Um, you know, Josh Palmer, like this is actually like the best offense that we've seen. Now I get the plus side of, the matchup, I get the plus side of Kellen Moore, deep ball, etc. But I, my biggest concern here is with with Xavier How- Howard. Although I do agree, I probably have him a little bit. Well, this low. is the thing with Mike Williams; he's either going to be wide receiver fifty or he's going to be gonna wide be... receiver five. So yeah. we both have him wrong here because he's not ending as wide receiver thirteen or wide receiver thirty-one. To be fair, I like split the difference <laughs> yeah. there, so I'm probably the closest. Yeah. Of no, of like us both. that's really his two scenarios. I feel like in any given week, top three wide receiver or like completely worthless. But I love this matchup for him. If you drafted him, drafted him, it's for these matchups. He is a Big play machine, and the Dolphins allow a lot of big plays. They were ranked in the bottom eight last year in passing yards allowed and passing touchdowns allowed. And I do agree. Like you already brought it up that Kellen Moore is going to utilize Justin Herbert's arm more. I think they're going to really take advantage of throwing down the field. And I think they want to prove that in week one. Like we're not going to be utilizing Justin Herbert the same way where he's just checking down to Austin Eckler, which is why I- times. Which is why I was very surprised to see Austin Eckler sitting there at, at RB5 for you. Because well, he can still steal any touchdown every get, any given time. And I expect yeah. this to be a very high-scoring game. And he will still get targets. Saying that Austin Eckler won't get 10 targets in a game, in this game, that's not saying he won't get any. He's still going to be a highly used running back. Yeah, it's he just, didn't die. Yeah. So that's I still think he's going to be fine running back in fantasy. But last year, Mike Williams led the Chargers with 116 receiving yards and scored a touchdown in week 14 against the Dolphins. He finished as the wide receiver four in that week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that, that you know, defensive coordinator is going to key in on Mike Williams a little bit. Huh? Maybe. I don't know if they even have the same defense coordinator. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. Uh, and then the opposite way here, you have Chris Godwin, wide receiver 10. You're putting a lot of trust into Baker Mayfield. I have him down at wide receiver 29, and it's really this simple, and it's probably not a good reason why. It's just I just don't feel comfortable with this Buccaneers offense until I see it. You know why I have confidence in Chris Godwin? Why? Because he's Chris Godwin. Like, he is a very good wide receiver. I I also think Mike Evans, obviously, a very good wide receiver. But I do think, you know, when it comes to to Mike Evans, he is a – He's like one of these 50-50 guys. And I don't know that Baker Mayfield, like, yeah, a lot of the times he has too much confidence on these 50-50 balls. But I think in terms of, like, executing an offense, if he wants to keep his job with Kyle Trask so close on the coattails, like, I don't think that the split between these two is all that significant. I think he's going to have to execute some of these these safer 
throws. So okay, they do but think he, that's going to involve Chris Godwin. You can he can want to do that, and then he and then the matchup. To. He's going I, against the Minnesota Vikings. Like I this know, was one a, of the best wide receiver matchups in the league last year. It's a very nice matchup. They did not like this defense did not improve. Like this was I, I can't remember the stat you mentioned, Michelle. Like way back when the the Minnesota Vikings were one of the only top three offenses to have a bottom three defense and make it to it was not at, at all but something like that really hard. yeah they were one of the worst defenses to make it into the playoffs like all time like and they lost they lost right away so that makes sense but like what did they do to to help that i don't know you still like, start chris godwin I still have him as wide receiver 29. He's a wide receiver to flex play. That's fine. I'm just more worried about him. And I like Chris Godwin for the year. I just would really like to see what is happening here with the commanders. But like you said, or with the Buccaneers, but like you said, it is a real nice matchup, but I have another drink bet for you then Mike Williams versus Chris Godwin. Ooh, yeah, Chris Godwin. I mean, obviously, you have Godwin ranked at wide receiver 10 <laughs> and uh, Mike Williams at wide receiver 31. All right. Well, right, that went down. And let's hit on one more thing before we move on to the tight ends. I have Sky Moore in my top 35 wide receivers. You do not. But again, we did these rankings before the Travis Kelsey news. So I'm even more confident in having Sky Moore as a possible play here in my flex spot in week one. Are you any more confident now if Travis Kelsey ends up sitting out of the game? I'm a little bit more confident, but I'm going to be honest. Like, I think this is very much going to be a game where you see 10 different players have three or more targets. Like I would, that would not be surprising to me at all. Like this, I, I think this is going to be Patrick Mahomes reading the field, seeing who's open, seeing who he trusts dump it off to the running backs a few times. Like, I think that's kind of how they're going to approach this game and they're going to do it well because it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Andy Reed. But I don't, I, I, I feel like what we saw so much of last year was that Patrick Mahomes was just very willing to distribute those targets and not necessarily lock in on any single wide receiver, you know, beyond, Juju, who's not there, but it, like, yeah, I think even Juju had a hundred targets. Like, that's not. I think Sky Moore is going to be his go-to guy to start the season. Maybe Rashi Rice comes along. Maybe Justin Ross comes along. I have this feeling Rashi Rice is going to score a touchdown. Mm. But I, Sky take. Moore is supposed to be the starting slot wide receiver. No team allowed more receiving yards out of the slot than the Lions last year. Now, they did overhaul their secondary, so different guys, but they still have the same defensive system with the same defensive coordinator. So we'll see, right? We'll see if they got any better. But I'm going to trust Patrick Mahomes to hit Sky Moore at least a few times. And it's a big trust because Sky Moore did nothing as a rookie, but it seems like he made huge improvements coming into his second year. It seems like the team trusts him a lot more. It seems like he's going to be playing way more snaps. So – if I'm going to be starting any of these Chiefs players this week, it will be Sky Moore. And I don't have him ranked super high. Again, like he just make he's my wide receiver 35. So that's not saying you have to start him. He's just an option if you need him. Yeah, I think that's fair. And honestly, depending on the length of your bench and, and how many teams you have in your league, like Sky Moore 
it's possible, probably not likely, but he could be on your waiver wire. Yeah. Could be. And I did skip over two names I want to bring up real fast. It's the Steelers wide receivers. Of course, we got to be homers on this pod and bring up the Steelers. Uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens should both be in your starting lineup this week. Don't be worried about the 49ers defense. They were a really good defense last year, but they were not a great pass defense. They allowed the third highest open target rate to wide receivers last season uh, per next-gen stats. They allowed the seventh highest completion percentage to wide receivers and the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Their secondary is not very good. They have Travarius Ward, who is a pretty solid cornerback one. But after that, like it's pretty weak. And really, their secondary is even worse when you think of if Nick Bose is not going to play because so much yes. of... So, so much of their secondary getting away with things is because they create pressure and then the, you know, the quarterback is off script. Like and, they make, yeah. yeah, they, they force quarterbacks to make tough decisions, yeah. bad decisions. Like if Nick Bosa doesn't play, then they're, they don't like maybe Javon Hargrave comes through and creates havoc, but still is have a, a new improved offensive line. I think without Nick Bosa. The, these Steelers wide receivers are just going to get it done against the 49ers. It is a Hargrave revenge game. Oh, it is. Yeah. I re- always was upset that they get re- they got rid of Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Um, and he ended up being really good. So that's very sad. Yeah. Moving on <laughs> to tight ends here to finish our positional rankings. So uh, really unfortunate just looking at the top here. I mean – Obviously, the top of our ranking started with Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I mean, who wouldn't? Like, you would be crazy, right? At least in week one with these nice matchups. But now we don't even know if Kelsey's going to play. But if he does play, you play him. I mean, it's that simple. If he is, st- if he's active in the game, I'm playing him into my lineup. Yeah. And I will live with it if he sucks because most tight ends are going to suck anyway. So he'll just be like every other tight end. <laughs> and then Mark Andrews is number two. And, it, you know, the – News is that he should come back to practice on Wednesday, which you'll be listening at this point. So maybe with you already un, know with an undisclosed. Yeah, that's the thing. That's like, the why weird is it thing. undisclosed? And I don't love John Harbaugh's statement when he said, you know, Andrew has missed the last six straight practices. He said, we're still on. Don't push the panic button. What? Like, what does that mean? Why? why? I hate that. Because if you're feeling good, you're like, nope, he's going to be out there for week one. Nope. Yeah. But unless you you're trying still to like... not on, don't push the panic. So you're close to it. You're saying I'm not there yet, but I could possibly be close to it. And then if that's true, then it would have nothing to do with just week one. Like, what is this undisclosed injury? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe he's back on Wednesday, but definitely keep an eye on that because that worries me. And also it worries me that the Ravens don't need Mark Andrews to win against Houston. They just don't. All right, so let's say Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are both oh, out. You have God. to go to your waiver wire. I, I do think Mark Andrews will play, and I just still hold okay, hope that Kelsey will play. But let's say okay, let's say they both our don't. listeners are in desperate need of a tight end streamer. They have to go to the waiver wire. What are you doing? Okay, okay. So just to quickly go through our top six, seven tight ends here, really quick, and then we can get into those questions. So we have T.J. Hawkinson both at three. We have Goddard, Waller, and Kittle, like somewhere in the range of four to six, seven, each of us. So we're saying play them. You have Evan Ingram much, much higher than I do. We'll get into that in a little bit. And then from there, I think that's where you can start looking at those other options that maybe you can find off the waiver. So I have Tyler Higby as tight end seven this week. You have him as tight end eight. 
there is no way he was drafted in every single draft. He may have been drafted in some, right? But he could be out there on your waivers and check. Uh, never assume. Always, always, always double check. Because yeah. I, uh, I just wrote an article today for Pro Football Focus of players you need to double check for. Because it, and what gave me the inspiration for that article, I was writing about how much I loved Geno Smith this week. Lo and behold, I checked my waiver wires. He's drafted, like if you look at the stats, he's drafted in almost 85% of fantasy leagues. Found him in two separate leagues available on the waiver wire. Always double check, folks. <laughs> but Tyler Higby, we both really like him this week. It's not because he's an exciting play at all. That's that's a hundred percent not true. He was the tight end nine last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how rated stat. I don't even know how this possible. That's just, <laughs> that's really just to show it's how sad. pathetic the tight yeah. end position is because he was mostly pointless a lot of the year. Uh, but if Cooper Cup, and this is only if Cooper Cup misses, right? Which we're expecting at this point. I mean, there's maybe Wednesday we get more updates, but he's been in Minnesota seeing a specialist just to figure out more about this hamstring. I can't imagine they push him out there in week one, but maybe no. they do. And if they do, then this take goes in the garbage. But if do you he misses, really fly all the way to Minnesota to talk about your hamstring, like if you're going to be, okay. if you're totally fine and you're yeah. going to like the, I think what's so key to this and what could make Tyler Higby like a viable play for the next couple of weeks, at least is the fact that like McVay's comments about the hamstring injury were kind of concerning. Like, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically said, you know, there have been a couple of things in the rehab process that have basically indicated this isn't a normal strain, a, a normal muscle strain, which if it's not a normal muscle strain, what it's an abnormal muscle. Strain, yeah, I don't. And I don't like the sound of that. And, you know, so I, I think Tyler Higby, great volume based play ranks second in terms of Targets from Matthew Stafford since he joined the team in 2021. Great matchup against the Seahawks. Ranked second in terms of fantasy points allowed to the tight end position last year. All around, I think this is a perfect scenario. Like, if there's ever a moment where you're going to be able to start Tyler Higbee, it is this week and probably this week only before he turns back into a pumpkin. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Higby led this team last year in targets. And when you're just looking at weeks 1 through 11, prior to Stafford having his season-ending injury, Higby was averaging, you know, the second most targets on the team behind only Cup and 9.1 fantasy points per game. Nothing amazing, but if you get 9 points and you has even more upside with this great matchup, then you're going to be okay with that. Like, 9 points is... Listen, a yeah. top eight tight end. Yeah, sadly. And then another option, uh, we both have Jake Ferguson as viable options this week. I have him at 14. You do too. So we both have him at 14. But it's not saying that he's definitely going to end at 14, right? Like, I think we, we both have him ranked much higher than consensus. The thing is, he's super unknown. So it's hard to rank him much higher than tight end 14 until we see what the Cowboys offense, how they utilize him, right? But all the reports say that he's going to be used in the Dalton Schultz role. Only Patrick Mahomes has averaged more receptions and receiving touchdowns per game, two tight ends than Dak Prescott over the last three years. So I am okay plugging in Jake Ferguson if I need to right in week one, because I'm trusting that against the Giants aren't a super hard matchup at all, right? I trust that they're going to put in fantasy points allowed to 
tight ends last year. Yeah, I think they're going to score a lot of points against the Giants. And Jake Ferguson could definitely be one, a guy that catches one of those touchdowns or gets the targets. And, yeah, I know they added Brandon Cooks, but I still I still believe that Jake Ferguson's going to be using this offense. And if I have to roll the dice on someone with upside, it's because, you know, my Kelsey or my Mark Andrews isn't healthy. I'm okay shooting for Jake Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, Dallas Cowboys, great offense. Lead the NFL in points per game with Dax, Dak Prescott under center. Hard to argue with that. Hard to argue with the potential for a target share. I do think, like, if you're in a bind, probably one of my favorite options in terms of an upside play. And then what about in the same exact game, you don't even have rookie Sam Laporta ranked in your top 20. Right. You're saying like you're out on Sam Laporta and which is fair because rookie tight ends don't do anything, let alone a, you know, a rookie tight end in his very first game. But it is a Monroe St. Brown for the Lions. And who else? I mean, who else? Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones. And I would not be surprised if Marvin Jones has like somehow three catches for 70 yards and a score, by the way. That's just like Marvin okay, Jones. Do not start Marvin, Marvin Jones. No, no, don't. Um, but maybe don't. in DFS you can have fun. Yeah, maybe go for it in DFS. I'm sure he's a value. I have no idea what his salary is. But I it, like it's kind of the rookie factor for me. Um, I, I just don't, I don't like, I but don't like, like rookie tight ends. Could, like, so yeah, I don't love rookie tight ends. But he's the clear cut starter for the Lions. He's going up in a matchup that we expect to be high scoring because even with Tra- without Travis Kelsey, you expect the Chiefs to be able to put up points against the Lions defense. And he could be the second target in this offense. So very, very risky play. But I would much rather go for the risky play with the upside. Like you have Noah Fant and Mike Kosicki and Hayden Hurst ranked above Sam Laporta. There is no way in hell I'm playing those dudes over Sam Laporta. They could all score like – Listen, this is the thing. Yeah, Sam Laporta might score three points, but we know Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki, and Hayden Hurst are going to score three or fewer points. Like, we already know that. So you, I might as well just go with a guy with any upside if I'm forced to play someone off my waivers. It's That's fair. Jake Ferguson's not there if Tyler Higby's not there. I don't know why I have this, like, bad feeling about the Lions to start the year, especially against the, the Chiefs. Opposite. I think they're going to I win. know, like – they're catching the chiefs at the best possible time between like Chris Jones holding out and potential absence from Kelsey. Like this is going to be, I think a close game, but I also don't know necessarily that I'm buying into the fact that this is going to be automatically the high flying offense. We saw last year. First of all, they're on the road in Kansas city, a very tough environment to be in. They're on Thursday night football. Well, they put the over under 53 and a half. This is going to be a, crazy crazy crowd in kansas city first of all the lions did not play well on the road last year especially especially jared goff who um like the bulk of his touchdowns all came at home like his home road splits were some of the most insane things i've ever seen they were worse than ben roethlisberger it was like i i think you know we have to expect some progression from jared goff on the road but keep in mind, he's hasn't played this preseason. Like, they've rested most of their offensive starters throughout the preseason. I don't think that helps either. This is a team that's probably going to be a little rusty playing in a really hostile environment. 
I could see them off to a really rough start. In I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. That's my call. But I'm not saying you have to start. Sam Laporta is a super, super risky pick. And a guy I would start over him, and he will be on your waivers. You don't agree, but it's Hunter Henry. I have him as my tight end 10 this week, but it's because I have him ranked as a top 10 tight end just this year. I think people are overlooking him. He's not going to be super exciting ever, but I think he's going to be Mac Jones's go-to guy. Uh, I think he could steal a touchdown in this game for sure. It is a tougher matchup against the Eagles, but like I did tweet out just today, like Juju Smith-Schuster is not an option in week one because <laughs> if you guys don't remember, Juju was the one that was held in the Super Bowl by James Bradbury for the Eagles, and that pretty much won the Chiefs the Super Bowl, right? And then after the Super Bowl on Valentine's Day, Juju sent out a tweet that said, I'll hold you, what do you say? i hold you at the worst time possible. Something like that. No, I, uh, it was just, he's going to hold him. Yeah. Like. It's, not, it's, it's some Valentine's card that like, said, I'll hold you at the worst time possible or something. Um, and Eagles fans, or Eagles players, I should say, and fans, did not like that tweet. All no. the Eagles players came at Juju. The secondary game at Juju. They are going to make sure Juju does not catch any passes in this game because now he's a Patriot instead of a Chief. Yeah. So I, I think all the a lot of the passes are going to be funneled to Hunter Henry. And if the the Patriots do score in this game, Hunter Henry will probably be the one to catch the ball. Yeah, I. I think that's fair. All right, let's go back. We just talked about guys that you can replace Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews with if need be. But let's go back into our bottom of our top 10 here and see any interesting things that we have different. So, again, I brought up you have Evan Ingram at tight end six. I am all the way down at tight end 11. So I'm not confident in Evan Ingram this week. And you're <laughs> saying you should start him. I, yeah, first of all, you know, I, I think the matchup against the Indianapolis Colts is – totally fine like sure um I don't think there's really anything to like or dislike about that matchup in particular but um it's a fine matchup and I think this goes back to just the the usage that we saw last year like I I think everybody's kind of a little bit tepid on Evan Ingram based on the fact that you've got Calvin Ridley you've got Travis Etienne you've got all these options right Zay Jones was like the primary outside receiver. I very much see Calvin Ridley coming in and affecting his target share, affecting his production most significantly out of all these wide receivers. You saw Christian Kirk play heavily out of the slot in 2022. Evan Ingram did play some out of the slot, played in line as a, like a traditional tight end. Um, But I, I think this could be one of these, these games where, you know, you're not necessarily projecting Evan Ingram because of these uncertainties in the offense, but I think that there's enough to go around. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's a decent volume play and that see, might not I be overly. I don't, see, I don't see that at all. Like I just, I don't think he's a decent volume play whatsoever. He scored so many of his points in one game last year, 39 of his 177 points came in one He had a 39 point game. It all came in week 14. He averaged just 8.6 PPR fantasy points per game. in the other 16 games scored fewer than seven points in eight of those 16 games. So in 50% of his games, he scored six or less or fewer points, like completely pointless. Now you add in Calvin Ridley. Like I just, 
I have already not liked Evan Ingram whatsoever for this season. So I'm not going to have him ranked as a top 10 tight end until he proves me wrong. And if he proves me wrong and he's getting targets, I'll start ranking him higher. But until then, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Okay. And then we're both <laughs> we're both low on Pat Fryermuth in week one against the 49ers. I have him at tight end 12. You have him at tight end 11. So I guess if you're in a 12-team league and you have Pat Fryermuth, we're saying, well, I guess you can start him. But we don't feel great about it. No team has allowed fewer fantasy points to the tight end position than the 49ers since they drafted inside linebacker Fred Warner in 2018. They have been dominant against tight ends for a very long time now, and it's because how good Fred Warner is at covering tight ends. And Pat Fryermuth just doesn't have a high enough ceiling to risk that type of play in such a hard matchup. He's been very meh for fantasy. He's a very two good. total touchdowns last season. Yeah. Two total t- like so even and, that and he's going to have more than that this year. Yeah, Penny Pickett is going to throw more touchdowns, but he's a great real life tight end. But I always compare it. Heath Miller was also a really great Steelers tight end, and he was never very great for fantasy. And that's kind of what I'm seeing out of Pat Firemuth for this particular season because there's so many weapons around him. I do think he's going to be a viable start in some matchups, like some favorable matchups. So this is the worst matchup you can have. And he did not record more than 15 PPR points in any game last year while scoring fewer than eight points in six of his 15 games played. I think this is going to be a super low-scoring game for or it's not super low scoring game, but super low fantasy point day for Pat Frymouth. Yeah, I, I don't predict much involvement. I don't think like um, the Steelers defense is going to want to target Fred Warner. Like Steelers offense. What, or Steelers offense. Uh, when we're talking about the, the 49ers defense and their their liabilities and coverage, like we're talking downfield, we're talking on the outside, not not where these linebackers are covering closer to the line of scrimmage where you're going to see Pat Fryer move like working across the middle. And it, that kind of, that's a big difference, right? Like I, I think that's why we're fine playing these wide receivers as opposed to Pat Fryer but uh, no, like I, I would prefer to look most other places. And then real quick here before we close out with our favorite defensive stream of the week. Are you even considering Noah, uh, Noah Gray? Because he's the backup for Travis Kelsey. We brought up a lot of options that you can pick up off waivers. And a lot of them were risky, right? So Noah Gray is going to be risky. But do you think that Patrick Mahomes just loves the tight end position or he loves Travis Kelsey? That's kind of the question you have to ask yourself. I think he loves Travis Kelsey. Yeah. It doesn't mean Noah Gray. Like, Noah Gray, Gray is an option he's uh, risky like a uh, luke Fer- like i'm saying jake ferguson is going to take over the dalton schultz role right and we don't know so if you think noah gray is going to take over the travis kelsey role i mean the travis kelsey role is a lot better than the dalton schultz role it's all kind of a dart throw there so i think it's a it's a it's hard right if you took travis kelsey in the first round this just sucks and i'm with you i have him in many many leagues and i'm gonna have to figure it out hopefully you can pick up tyler higby and just play it safe. I think that's your safe route. And then a lot of other guys like Jake Ferguson, like Noah Gray, like Sam Laporta, they're risky. And again, Hunter Henry should be out there too. And I think he's one of the safer routes as well. Just not a super high ceiling. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up real quick with our favorite defensive streamer of the week. I mean, it's week one. So maybe 
maybe this t- draft this team was drafted but i kept taking them with one of my last picks and it was the washington commanders versus the cardinals a the commanders were a very very good fantasy defense in the second half of last season i don't have it up right now but they were like the fourth best fantasy scores on defense for the second half of the season they have a great pass rush and they're playing against probably Clayton Toon or is it Josh Dobbs they don't want to they don't want to tell us right for competitive advantage. for the competitive advantage <laughs> oh yeah. my god the most embarrassing thing of all time but like yeah this defense is going to score a lot of fantasy points and if they don't that's concerning so they're I I just I drafted them because I think they're going to be a good fantasy defense throughout the year and I think they're going to be an amazing defense in week one Who's yeah your top streaming defense i'm gonna go with the jaguars against the rookie quarterback anthony richardson playing for the colts who you know i don't know what kind of mistakes he's going to make i do think he's going to make some uh maybe he turns it over with a ungodly interception uh he's also had a propensity to fumble fumbled seven times over the last two seasons and i think he he played fewer than 500 snaps like i i think there's there's going to be some sort of turnover potential in this game for the Jaguars to take advantage of would not be surprised if this defense scores a touchdown in week one bold prediction. Oh yeah. I like it. I like that pick a lot. And that is it for week one. We got through all of our rankings and now we just wait to see what we're right and wrong about. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of both. Uh, hopefully more right than wrong, but I am so excited for week one. I'm going to, this is Michelle talking. I'm going to have my fire and ice article out on Thursday morning. I believe it's either going to be Wednesday night or Thursday morning on the game I will post on Twitter as well to make sure you guys can all see that, you know, it's my favorite piece of the year. I get very excited. Kate, do you have anything you want to share that you'll be posting? Yeah. Uh, my first official bus article weekly bus article for yahoo i'm going to be covering running back matchups for pro football focus so yeah check out my work follow along on twitter at kate maju yeah and i'm at ball blast em, ball blast em please hit that five star review for us that will help us out a ton we don't put ads on here because we want you to enjoy your experience but we would really really enjoy a five-star review yeah Bye, y'all. Bye.